Uh, good afternoon. Welcome to Hughes Views. Uh, this is episode 12. Um, just a quick shout out to our sponsors, as always, Amphibian Apparel, whatever the situation, home, streetwear and sports. There are no excuses. And KH Decorating, making your house a home. Uh, we've got a lot to cover tonight, so uh, we're going to just jump straight into it. Let's start with last night's game, uh, Manchester City against PSG, the second leg. Um, the tie was in the balance up until last night, um, and for our listeners at home that have watched the game or have caught the highlights today, it looked quite one-sided last night. Um, obviously, Mbappe is a is a massive miss, and that was not um, you know news. It was news to a lot of people when the lineups came out. I don't think that it was well documented that he was going to be out of the tie, um, so a bonus for City, but. Um, just how good were City last night, Al? Do you think it was PSG missing their mark or was City just literally resolute in every department, do you think? Yeah, I think City, uh, you know, were the deserved winners, especially over the two legs. I think we'd better strip it back to the first leg, first of all. I mean, the first leg last week, it was a tale of two halves, really, because PSG blew Man City away in the first 20 to 25 minutes. You know, uh, if if PSG had put their chances away, they could have been 2-3-0 up at half-time. They started really, really well and they looked really, really dangerous from set pieces. And obviously they got the opening goal for Marquinhos. He's always a threat in the air. That's inside the first 15 minutes. And you're thinking, if you're Man City, you think, OK, PSG have just knocked out Bayern Munich. We could be in for a bit of a tough ride here. Um, but what happened in the first leg is exactly what happened last night as well. And it's PSG's um, petulance uh, and their, you know... That their temper got the better of them. Um, it, it, it was non-existent last night, and it got to, to the point where it was a bit embarrassing. So in the first leg, um, Idrissa Gay ex-Everton, he gets sent off um, for a straight red card 15 minutes before the end, but Man City have already got the two away goals before that. Man City came out a completely different animal in the second half, uh, in the first leg. Uh, and Mares, I must admit, he's been absolutely class uh, over the first and the second leg. So I was really, really impressed. So I say it's that discipline, Dan. I think uh, PSG used to get in their own way in the French league, and when it got a bit nasty last night, um, the referee I think did a pretty good job. Uh, There's quite a few bookings for both sides. Um, I think you know Fernandinho was lucky not to get booked. Di Maria again. Fernandinho put the bait out, and Di Maria took it. I don't know if you saw it, but it was right in front of the fourth official. Verratti was lucky to stay on the pitch. And the better side won over the last, you know, over the two legs. And I've got to say, one of the tackles um, right at the end, uh, I think Kim Pembe uh, absolutely chopped one of them, and so did Danilo. Uh, the, some of the tackles were horrific. You know, VAR, there could have easily been a couple of reds last night. But, you know, the better side went through, Dan. And with no Mbappe, I don't think Man City, uh, sorry, with no Mbappe, PSG had no chance. And the fact that Pochettino put him on the bench last night, I think, was um, maybe something for Guardiola to think about. You know, if Mbappe does come on, how am I going to handle him? Have I got the players who could stop him? And, and they did. You know, Diaz was class. Uh, and it was Neymar or nothing. Uh, but, yeah, really disappointed with PSG in the end. And uh, like I say, the better side went through. Yeah, I think um, any you know, I think Mbappe. I think it was reported that it's a calf strain or some sort of calf injury. So uh, Pochettino stuck him on the bench, but I think you know, deep down, most people or any anyone with a bit of an educated view would have known that he wasn't going to feature. Um, 
going back to what you were saying about the bookings, I think the referee had a had an absolutely fantastic game um, because it quite easily could have ended up the match being abandoned from PSG's point of view. Uh, Kimpembe's lunge on Jesus was a straight red, in my opinion. Uh, I didn't even need VAR to look at it. When it happened, it was like, I couldn't believe it. Um, and Verratti picked up a booking. And then I think in the next passage of play, like 30 seconds later, it it made a simulation, you know, it, it done another foul that was worthy of a second yellow. So, you know, that would have put PSG down to eight. And, you know, as you say as well, there was a couple of other uh, little niggly challenges in there. And I think that is testament to City. Um, the game had gone by that point and PSG had just, just sort of given up and just look at it. looked like they were just out to injure the City players, knowing that they were going into a, um, you know, European final. And that's just ridiculous. Just lack, yeah, exactly. The lack of respect for your your peers and fellow professional footballers to be going just out of your way to to injure them. It's just, yeah, it's childish. And like you say, it's petulant as well. Um, to make a little comment on that, Dan, sorry. When Verratti got booked and you said he could have got booked almost straight away, I don't know if you saw it, but Pochettino put an arm around him. He took him, they were off the pitch at this point. And bear in mind, Di Maria's gone. Um, they're 4-1 down on aggregate. You know, they were out of sight after an hour. Pochettino put an arm around him. And I, I can only guess what he would have said, but he would have said, you know, I need you on the pitch here. Uh, and then he made a couple of subs. He brought on Dagba and Danilo. Danilo didn't cover himself in glory. But it's that that's not the Pochettino's way of, you know, management. Uh, and I felt that the players massively let him down last night. I did feel a bit sorry for him. He was there hopeless on the sidelines whilst his players had completely lost their head. And I don't know whether it's because, you know, they steamroll, you know, 90% of the oppo in the French league and they always get their own way. But last night, and in the first leg, like I say, it's that petulance, and that's the key word for me. Um, Man City just ooze class, and, you know, to to go ahead uh, on aggregate 4-1, PSG didn't really have a chance, if you ask me. No, I would agree with you on that. And uh, like I say, Mahrez was a class apart. Um, we have obviously spoke very highly of Foden over the last few weeks as well. I don't think he could, you know... So I think there was there was a, a ball that went through uh, and the way that he turned on a sixpence and he nearly scored, I think he hit the post. Um, that whole, I mean, that goes in and that goal's probably goal of the, goal of the tournament uh, or goal of the season for the Champions League, in my opinion. But, you know, it's just fine margins there. But um, I guess let's move on to the game tonight. Uh, it's in the balance. It's, you know, it'd be a good game for the neutral. It's 1-1. Um, is there a clear favourite? I know we spoke about Real Madrid being not as strong as, um, you know, they have been in recent years. And I think they've been played with some injuries and, and Chelsea seem to be firing well. Is there a favourite? Is there a team that should be winning? Or is this just literally going to be about who wants it more? You could argue that Chelsea could have been 2-0 up in the first leg. Um, and, that you know, Real Madrid had a well-worked goal through Benzema. But again, with Chelsea, when they go ahead 1-0 after 15 minutes, you think they could really get two or three quick goals here. And I said to you last week, Dan, that um, Tuchel's side, he likes to blow away teams in the first leg and he tried to do that again. Uh, and then the game kind of fizzled out. And again, four yellows for Madrid in the, in the second half of the first leg says it all. Uh, who goes through tonight? It's a good question. I think you'd have to fancy Chelsea on, on home turf. Um, Tuchel, you know, he's a, he's a mastermind when it comes to, to knockout football. I guess the question I wanted to just ask you before we came to this was, can you see anyone past Man City, whether it's Real Madrid or Chelsea? 
I think it's a tough one, you know. It, it's one of those things where it's 90 minutes of football and anything can happen. But, you know, you know the, the way Man City are playing, the way that they were celebrating as well um, last night, you know, you could argue they've, they've taken out the the big guns along the way. You know, they're... Um, you know, their path to the final, if you will, was not an easy one. So it's not job done, but I think that they they sort of know that they can beat the best. And, you know, without disrespect, so Chelsea and Real Madrid, they're not, you know, what you would have expected to get to, to the final this year um, based on performance alone. So, no, I can't. I don't think that City will lose the final. But as long as it's a spectacle for everybody, because, you know, even if you're only a loose football fan, you, you find yourself watching the Champions League final every year. So... As long as it's a good game of football and, um, you know, not the same as it was last night between City and PSG and it's all about, you know, trying to con the ref or, um, you know, losing your head and, and, and like, if a red card happens in a, in a final, it could, you know, sway t towards the other team. So, I'm just looking forward to a good game, but I, I do ex expect City to do the domestic treble now um, at this stage of the season. I agree. Uh, with, with Back to tonight, I think Chelsea can take positives they restricted Real Madrid to just one shot on target. Unfortunately, it was the goal. But also an encouraging sign for Chelsea that they've got a run of four clean sheets from their previous five games. And I think that might be a trend that we see tonight. Tuchel's the only active manager to have faced Madrid on five occasions in the Champions League without losing. It's a, you know, if you believe in, a, in stats, it all points towards perhaps a 1-0 Chelsea win. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a goal fest. Um <sighs> Will Madrid score? It is a very good question, but Tuchel is, you know, his defensive, um, his defensive strengths ooze out of that Chelsea side at the moment. You know, Christensen looks a different player. Rudiger, Zuma, uh, Rhys James, as Piliqueta, they all look uh, much more confident on the ball, and they're completely different players compared to what they were under uh, Frank Lampard. So, based on that, I'll go with with Chelsea. Like I say, I think it'll be a 1-0 affair. Uh, if Chelsea can keep a clean sheet, they go through. It's as simple as that. And um, it'll be a Chelsea-Man City final. And it, it it provides to be a, a good spectacle on the 29th of May. Yeah, the only other thing as well is obviously Chelsea have already got the better of Man City, haven't they? Um, in the FA Cup, stopped them from doing yeah. a potential quadruple. So it's not going to be, you know, should Chelsea go through tonight, it's not going to be a foregone conclusion. And hopefully no. Tuchel can... Have a bit of a you know a game plan, same game plan. Maybe you could argue from the FA Cup game and, and see what happens there. Um, and if you do like a punt, then I think I would agree with you that City probably could win the treble. You know the the Carabao Cups in the bag against probably a lackluster Spurs. You could say uh, they're going to win the league. It's just a matter of time now. And uh, all that stands in front of them is a is a 90 minute match, <laughs> extra time penalties perhaps. Um, you would fancy them for for the treble. You really would. Yeah. Let's go on to the Europa League, Dan. Um, United are all but through. 6-2 uh, home win against Roma. Uh, four successive semi-final defeats in 15 months for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It's due to come to an end. I think United uh, are all but through. Uh, the only thing that is an issue for me is the United's uh, defence to concede two at home to Roma. They're not the, um, the strongest opponent. Do you think the defence is an issue for Man United? Yeah, I'm, it's a tough one because I think when we spoke about it last week, I don't think anyone, including the two of us, saw that coming, um, especially that scoreline. I think, you know, they, 
you could argue that they're a shoe-in for the final, you know, unless a drastic thing happens tonight and, uh, sorry, tomorrow night and Roma, you know, really, you know, get an early goal and set the tempo, but it's still an uphill task for them. Um, but yeah, I think defensively, United are a bit suspect. Um, I, I'm one of Harry Maguire's, you know, I, I don't, I don't see Harry Maguire as a world-class player. I think I've said that, I've got that on record in the, in the episodes previous, you know, I don't think he's, He's all that, to be honest. Um, I would argue even now that their best centre-half is, is Eric Bailly. Uh Luke Shaw is a fantastic player. He seems to be playing fan, you know, really, really well. Um, I'm, I'm, my heart loves Wan-Bissaka, but you know, is he top level? Um, he's a great defender, but he, he's a, one of these attacking defenders. And if he loses out his position against better opposition, you're going to get you're going to get found out. So it's a tough one. Um, they're definitely the strongest side left in it, in my opinion. Um, but it could be another British final. Um, and should that be the case, you know, again, from a neutral, from our perspective, it's just it's just about watching an exciting game. And then, you know, I'm not really too fussed about who wins it. So if we look at the first leg, uh, you know, Man United were 2-1 down at half the time. And then three goals in 10 minutes in the second half. Kind of put the tie to bed, really. And I'll go out on a whim to say that United are through you know they're 5-2 up by that point and then Mason Greenwood adds one at the end but a player I want to talk to you about Dan is Edinson Cavani now age isn't on his side he's 34 years old and his contract is due to expire at the end of this season how good is Cavani and can Man United persuade him to stay beyond the end of this season yeah I think uh, it's, you know he's been a fantastic player throughout his career but like you mentioned at 34 you could probably argue he was on the wind down and United took a punt, was willing to pay his wages. I'm sure he's on a on a pretty penny there. But, you know, he's come up trumps. And I think it's down to them playing into him. I think he's playing a system around him. Um, and that's good because, obviously, he's, he's come come back with the goals for you. Um, can they can they get him on for another year? Probably. I don't see him going on elsewhere. Um, there was talks of him perhaps going back to America. Obviously, he's from Uruguay. There was talks of him having one last hurrah over there. Eight goals in 22 games in your first you know, Premier League season is, uh, is is nothing to be sniffed at. Yeah, I, I, the only thing is is that you know paper talk or not, if United are going to break the bank for a centre forward this summer, and it you know it does sound like it's going to be Harry Kane or at least try and tempt him away from Spurs. If you spend that sort of money on Kane, or if you spend a large amount of money on a big big marquee signing, then Cavani's going to play second fiddle. Um, so is he good enough to lead the line all season long? Probably not. You know, he'll be coming into his 35th year. He'll be, you know, he's only got to get a niggly injury or an injury that keeps him out. And then they're left without a striker. You know, Rashford doesn't play out and out anymore. Uh, Greenwood is up and coming. You know, he's got talent, don't get me wrong. Um, but I don't think uh, Marcus Rashford could lead the line either. No. Um, I think he's a very, him and uh, Martial are very much wide players, as is Greenwood, and he's been class as well, by the way. But they're all coming in from the sides with Fernandes in the hole, and we, we know how good Fernandes has been this season. I think if United do break the bank, you know, there was talks of Haaland, perhaps, and Harry Kane. I, I don't see that transfer materialising, but stranger things have happened. If they can get that one big you know, bagsman um, and someone who is going to replicate Cavani's form, you know, United uh, could be there or thereabouts. And I think they'll run Man City closer next season. And you can't write off Liverpool. I think they'll be back as well. But I think that's the one 
the one area as well as perhaps um a centre half it's just the, the frailties of um of man united at the back but uh, who do you think will go through uh, between arsenal and villarreal tomorrow night that that tie is delicately poised at 2-1 to villarreal but arsenal getting that away goal through a, a pepe penalty um that could be a huge lifeline for them yeah i see arsenal doing the job um fans or no fans you know they they're playing at the emirates so not bad side at home. So, yeah, no, I think that they'll go through. I don't think... It, I, if Villarreal get a goal, um, get a, a goal in the tie at any point, then it'll be a real uphill struggle. But I, I see them... I see them progressing. And I think, like I say, I think it'll be a, a British final for, um, obviously, the Champions League and, and the Europa League, which is what last week we spoke about. And that's what we were happy to go with. So, uh, for once, I'm... Um, you know, I'm going to take the W. Nearly have got yeah. it right. Yeah, yeah. We might nearly have got it right. And that's uh, credit to to British football. Uh, if we can have four English sides in both the um, you know the continental finals, and that's what we hope for. Dan, we're going to dip in the championship relegation race as we did last week. Um, I didn't expect it to go to the final day, but that's the way it's gone. Rotherham drew nil nil at Luton last night and Wednesday. Couldn't find a way past Nottingham Forest on the TV. So four of them. Look like they can go down. Derby are on absolute free fall. Their form is horrendous, uh, and, and Rooney would have expected you know a few more points to be being picked up in the past few weeks. I think Wickham's goal difference realistically sends them down. But if Wednesday go to Derby and win, they stay up. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I've read in the week that you know due to goal difference and everything, it is still mathematically possible for Wickham to stay up. But this, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, it will be a real shame. I think we said this last week. It'd be a real shame if if Rooney takes Derby down, but they just they just can't buy a win. Um, I don't really. I haven't really touched on their performances or looked at anything past highlights, which is never a fair reflection. But they they don't look like they're playing for him. You know, they don't yeah, look like I they're bothered. You, yeah, you can give you the form for Derby. They've lost the last six. Um, they had a home win against Luton at the start of April, which was it's massive. Looking at it now. Their only other win before that was back in the end of February. Uh, so the results absolutely stink. Um, it's it's Rooney's you know first real go at May management, and he is finding it tough. Um, but you know we wish all the teams down there at the bottom well. I know I've got family support Wednesday, so you know that's where my allegiances will lie at the weekend. Um, it will be a very very interesting one, and all, obviously all the playoff spots we know are wrapped up. It's just where they will finish, uh, and, and we will cover the the playoff race in, in next week's episode perhaps Dan we will um, just inform the listeners of a competition that we're going to run for the next couple of weeks listeners we're looking for you to send in your 2020 2021 Premier League 11 of the season um, and you've got three weeks for this so we want to know out of your 11 who's been your star player um, the last game of the season is the 23rd of May and the deadline of the competition will be the 25th of May. So you've just got under three weeks and the winning 11 will be revealed on our podcast on the 26th of May. And Dan and I will dissect it and the winning team, um, the you know, winning manager of the team will receive an Amazon, Amazon voucher. So get your entries in. You've got just under three weeks and Dan and I will also be picking our uh, best 11 of the season. Um, so let's let's get as many entries in as possible, and then we can uh, we can dissect that 
a few other features that will come up on future podcasts. Dan and I will go through the Premier League sides of this, this season's Premier League and we will do a school report type thing. Uh, we will see you know, who's got room for improvement, um, who's got your B pluses, your C minuses, who needs to do better next season. And uh, we will also obviously do the eagerly anticipated uh, Euros tournament, which is coming up, Dan. Um, Dan, England, Scotland in the Euros. Are you looking forward to that one? Yeah, uh, tough one for me, but you know, obviously, I'm uh, English born and bred, so it's not you know nothing's going to change for me. Um, you know, our allegiances go out the window, family stuff goes out the window, so it's going to be England all the way. Um, I don't. How think far can we go? Do we dare to dream this season? Yeah, I've, I've dared to dream my whole life. Um, you know, it was thirty years of hurt, and now it's what coming up 50, 50, 50 odd. So it's it's one of those it's one of those ones where you always want to do it. Everybody gets behind England. Um, the last World Cup was absolutely fantastic. Right, the the just every single game, everybody, the country was at a standstill. We seemed to play really well. We were progressing well, and. You know, it's just that heartbreak at the end of it. So, you know, I, I wouldn't dare to dream as such. I'd just see how it goes. Um, be interested to see what happens with the with the lineup. The only thing I was going to say was, and I don't know if our listeners would agree with that, you've got some players that we would call upon, like your Phil Foden's, you know, he's played absolutely fantastic this season, but he's going to be exhausted by the time he's played, you know, the Champions League final, the way he played, uh, you know, he's got bundles of energy. Don't get me wrong, but has he got it in his in, in his locker to be doing another potential what? Another potential ten games in the Euros? It, it's yeah, just... I think. I mean, yeah, just shy of having a full home tournament, we're not going to get a much better chance to to win something on home soil. I know a lot of games are being played at Wembley, um, and England. You know, we should be getting out of our of our group. Um, so you know, if, I, if I'm being optimistic, I'd like to see us get to quarterfinals as as an absolute minimum. And I know we will meet one of the big boys. I think the way the draw has uh, has gone out, I think we can meet either France, Germany, or Portugal. I could be wrong there, but I think we're due to meet one of the big three. Um, you know, if we get out of the group with the players like Foden, I've, I don't think I've ever been as excited to see um, an England player uh, in the shape of Phil Foden. You know, he's going to be 21 by the time he plays the Champions League final. Uh, and to me, he's probably the most exciting player we've had since probably like Paul Gascoigne. You've got Harry Kane, and like we said, we've said before, the uh, injury frailties do worry me if um, you know if Kane is to get injured. But as a squad, and I know we haven't really come up against any uh, you know huge sides of any, any credit. I know Poland were probably quite a big threat a few months ago, but you know the, you know, the sides when you've got like uh, Grealish to come back, uh, Bellingham, uh, Ollie Watkins can come off the bench, Dominic Carvert-Lewin. You know, it, it's exciting times. Um, I am looking forward to the Euros. I'm looking forward to you know seeing friends and us going down the pub and watching it again. Um, you know, I think that's important. You know, watching football together. Um, you know, really looking forward to it. And uh, mate, I dare to dream. I'd, I'd love it if we got to a final. Uh, you know, we were just short of the World Cup when Trippier's goal went in. That was absolute elation, and I thought. We probably should have beaten Croatia that night, and we would have probably got beaten by France in the final. But I think we would have given them a better game than Croatia did. And um, you know, it'd be good to see fans back in the crowds, uh, you know, at the stadiums during the Euros. 
Uh, who's your tip to win it then? If not England, who do you think will uh, will go all the way and lift the trophy? No, look, I'm gonna, you know, I'm not backtracking. Obviously, I think, you know, I'd love England to win it. I'm just being realistic. Um, France, bit, Germany, Portugal, Holland. Yeah, yeah, I think it depends on the, um, you know, the injury to Mbappe for France. I know they've still got other stars. Don't get me wrong, but you know, he, he's leading the line. Um, but yeah, I can't really see past. You know, Germany are always going to be a strong candidate. For, for and it's Lowe's last hurrah as well. You know, yeah, down it's just the way that, that they play. You know, the way they set up. They, they're just they're just a very well oiled machine, and they always have been as a nation uh, in football terms. So, you know, you can't really. They'll be up there. They'll be around, in and around. Like you say, you know, quarters, semis. That'll be them. Um, I, think I think we'll be there as well. I do think we'll be there as well. I think a team who who won't be perhaps favourite with the bookies, but they will be a team to watch. And I think that is Portugal. When you've got Ronaldo, you've always got a chance of winning. Uh, we've seen Diaz, Bernardo Silva, you know, for Man City. If they can replicate that in the national side, uh, that team is dangerous. Um, so I, I would might take a little punt on Portugal, um, you know, but I wear my heart, heart on my sleeve and hope that England ca- can get to the final. And uh, when he announces, well, when he's due to announce the Euros selection, we will do ours. We'll uh, we'll get together off air. And 26-man squad we will name. And um, we look forward to hearing all your listeners' 26-man squads. And like I say, please do get your um, best Premier League 11s in. And who is your your star man, your captain? And uh, like I say, we will pick a winner and get an Amazon voucher out to the winner. Brilliant. All right, well, should we leave it there there now? And then Yeah, that's, yeah. that's perfect. Dan, thank you very much, mate, as always. And uh, listeners, do get your questions in, do get your team submissions in, and we will speak to you next week. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks.